0: PERMA. A broadcast will arrive at this listening center shortly. It is sent from the Imperma Research Institute at Lunda Uni in Lundangla, ICE 4. Broadcast services are made possible through PLOP, the PERMA Listener Outreach Project, and the Laria T. Mushta Foundation.
1: Thank you for tuning in once again. I will be brief with my introduction. We are continuing with the story of Bia Winna. If you did not listen to the previous two episodes, I suggest you speak with your Listener Center Administrator for a summary before listening to this episode. Otherwise, you are not getting the full story here. Enjoy.
0: so your people abandoned you to survive winter all by yourself how did that make you feel i was all out of hoorays after the squad ditched me you know i was like totally done with it My body was aching big time, and I needed to get something to eat quick. I shook my pom-poms for signal for the feed, like I always had during baby-making, but I realized I was just shaking my arms for nothing. There was no point. There were no more helmets. Coach had cast me out. No one would feed me anymore. I had to feed myself now. I had no one to cheer for, except, of course, myself. The worst thing were the game highlights of Shiny's little face that wouldn't go away. I only saw it a few times, but they stuck to the inside of my eyelids whenever I closed them, so I tried not to do that. I wanted to save Shiny. She wasn't a loser. She, I mean it, will be squad leader. A winner, like me even though squad leader Aima didn't think so. How did you survive the cold? I don't know, I just did. I wandered for a long time across the empty playing fields without seeing so much as a bird or a tree. Some helmets sang songs to keep the opponent away, but I couldn't remember them. All I had were cheers from squad, and losers aren't supposed to use those. Days went by, and soon I was out of food. I remember wishing wishing that I had been born a helmet loser at the very least. That way I could at least hunt and make fires. My skills as a baby maker weren't much use here, and that was all I had been trained to do. I sang some of my favorite cheers to keep my mind off of the terrible cold, and, and I walked and walked and walked. Who's a winner? I'm a winner. Who's a winner? I'm a winner. Who's a winner? I'm a winner. I did that one, even though it wasn't true anymore. If only all the losers were able to live together, then maybe things would be easier. The second night, I was too tired to walk any further. I sat with my back to a large rock and faced the direction that I thought the ice would come from. The moment I sat down, I fell asleep. Gameplays came to me that night. Coach showed me a sunny place with lots of pretty flowers I had never seen before. I bent down to pick one of them up and when I realized that the tops of their stems weren't flowers at all, but the heads of little babies. As I looked at each one, I recognized them, but not in any clear way. I knew these babies, but they weren't babies I had ever taught cheers to or or run routines with. Then it hit me. These were all the loser babies. I looked up and I saw an endless spread of them going on and on as far as I could see, which scared me at first, but after a while I was like, this is pretty cool. And I walked through the flowers for a long time, not knowing why I was taking a certain path that I saw. The path wound up around a small hilltop, and I climbed up there at the very tippity top, was one flower set off by itself it was the baby i had made she was smiling and happy and so that's when i named her shiny there in my dream i woke up all of a sudden something was nudging me by my side i turned and i saw a wolf I knew wolves usually played for the opponent, so I was really scared. It made a little whining sound, a high pitch, like a ball losing air. It wasn't growling. It kept nudging me until I stood up. Then it walked away, looking back at me as if it wanted me to follow it somewhere. So I did. I followed the wolf for a long time. Every once in a while it would stop and dart away. The first time I was sure it had abandoned me. I was like, it's totally stupid to think that a dog could lead me anywhere. I even thought it had outplayed me, leading me to get eaten by its pack. But since it was dark and I had nowhere to go, there was nothing I could do but trust it. While I waited to see what was coming, I thought about my dream. I thought about Shiny. I pictured holding her as the crowd roared all around us, like they say it used to be at Ralph Wilson. That first time it left, and every time afterwards, the wolf brought me meat to eat. It was not cooked, but I was so hungry that it did not matter. Every bite I took was a touchdown rah-rah feeling. I don't know how much time passed. I couldn't count the days. The wolf and I slept together at night, uh, keeping each other warm as best we could. I pretended that the wolf was shiny. And I thought maybe Coach had put Shiny into the wolf. That he put Shiny back into the game for a last chance to play. One night I heard in the stillness of the Inata Fields a very low rumbling sound. I was like, is that Ralph Wilson? But I knew it couldn't be. We weren't in the same kind of place as where Ralph Wilson is. Then it flashed into my whole body. The cold is coming. The wolf was awake too, but he didn't seem troubled by it. I didn't know if that was because it was stupid or that the cold was still too far away. We kept on walking as before until we came to a river, uh, one that was much bigger than the falls that we had crossed on the way to Ralph Wilson. I couldn't see the other side of it. It was so big. That's where I saw the first gameplay that led me here to this place. It was like coaches' plays that are on the scoreboard at Ralph Wilson. The arrows and the circles reminded me of those, though they are like totally different, too. Thank you, Bia. That is sufficient.
1: And that is the story of Biowina. A rather abrupt ending, I admit. But I think that indicates something about the purpose of these stories for the resumers, doesn't it? Somewhere in that story, now available to us thanks to this translation, is some special thing that they wanted to learn, verify, check, or who knows what. It's that hidden kernel, that interest they had in these stories that they kept so obsessively, that I hope to one day learn through this study. Until next time, everyone.
2: Thanks for listening to uh, another episode of the recent Mile survivals. That was episode four of cycle two. So episode eight and in terms of the whole season so far, um, and that completes be a story. Um, we have a new cycle of episodes coming up shortly that features a man named Ian roll and many other characters. And it'll give you a, a little insight into how our world here uh, transition to what's called in Perma. Um, I hope you'll you'll check in for that. That'll be the last cycle for this season, and we're excited about getting things together for a second season um, in the fall. Um, you know, if you enjoyed the show, um, f- please think about leaving a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, or just sharing our Facebook posts on your your own Facebook. To Maybe somebody will listen to it who hasn't heard of it yet. Um, the reviews help it come up in feeds so that when people are looking at podcasts, it might turn up unexpectedly. So the credits for this episode are um, David Walker played Dr. Low Swell. Uh, Jen Ricos played Bea Winna, And Eric Aloy played the Resimmer who was playing the Blurry Presbyter show was written and directed and produced by me chris whitebell thanks for listening